Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. And today we're going to talk about our favorite holiday pop culture. So, KW, your first item is Whamageddon 2019. Yes. Which I don't understand. So <laughs> can, can you explain that? Okay. So, so Whamageddon is a little game that people play around the holidays. And I remember it starting either last year or a couple years ago, but it's been a pretty recent thing where your goal for the holiday season is to not ever hear the song Last Christmas by Wham. Are you familiar with that song? I am. I love that's one of my favorite Christmas songs. I really like it as well. It's great. If you're not familiar with it, it's from 1984. It was done by the English pop duo Wham, which you may know as being um, George Michael's band before he went solo. And so because I think the reason this became a thing is because it's very ubiquitous. It gets overplayed at the holidays. And it became a fun thing to see, okay, how long can I go without accidentally hearing it? So the goal of the game is don't play it on purpose. And I don't think that you're out if you hear a cover version of it. There's a lot of covers. Carly Rae Jepsen had a cover of it. Billy Piper had a cover of it. Lots of people have had covers of it. So you're fine if you hear a cover of it. And you can even play a cover of it on purpose, but you are out of the game if you hear the original recording. And this would be like if you hear it on the radio, if you hear it, um, somebody's playing a, a playlist that you did not create or voluntarily listen to, or if you hear it like in a store while you're shopping or something. Yeah, so you're out of the game, you lose, you fall if you hear it. So even if it's you hear two bars of it, you're out. If you recognize that it is the original recording, then yes. Wow. And so I fell, I was coming home from a long road trip, like a Friday ago, like two weeks ago. And I was flipping around the radio, stupidly, I should not have been. And I landed on the station that locally goes to all holiday music after Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, this is fine, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't even thinking about it. And it came on the radio. Oh, no. So of course, I called my husband. And just like held my phone up and just like <gasps> played it over the phone to him. That is not nice. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he didn't like that. But So Tom got out on the same day that you did. Yeah. Because yep. you're terrible. Yes, I am. <laughs> wow. And since then, I have not actually heard it again since then, which is kind of weird. Because after you lose, you can play it with abandon. But I haven't really thought about playing it on purpose. But yeah, so... I've noticed on social media, like, friends of mine will say, oh, I fell to the win again in 2019. (laughs) Who wins? What what do you get when you win? Just bragging rights? Just bragging rights, I think. And if you can get all the way through Christmas without hearing it at all. I think it's rare. I think it would be a struggle. I think so, too. Yeah. Unless you stay inside and do all your shopping online, maybe. Maybe, but that's... Don't touch the radio. Yeah. Have you heard it this holiday season, do you think? I think I had to have, but we can say that you're starting now. So, okay. From this point forward, we'll see if you make it. Great. <laughs> I'll I'll let you know. I'll just tweet I fell. Okay. Is that what you is that what you do? I think so. I didn't There's actually. There's no context. It's just I I fell. Well, you can hashtag Wham again in 2019 if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will keep an uh, an ear out for it. But you have some specific things about Christmas music, don't you? I do. Yeah. I can't listen to it until after Thanksgiving. 
I think it is wrong to listen to it before Thanksgiving because, well, do, I mean, you, do you do that? Yeah, I think that's the right attitude. And I, I also think that even right after Thanksgiving is a little early, depending on like how the weather is near you. Like if you live in a climate that has a, a you know, if you're a Northern Hemisphere person and you hear and you experience coldness around the holidays, the December holidays, if it's not cold yet around Thanksgiving, I feel like you're not really in the mood yet, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. This year I was, I, by Thanksgiving, I was, I was ready. But then again, I actually haven't spent a lot of time listening to it since Thanksgiving. For some reason, Thanksgiving break, I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm going to indulge. Okay, so speaking of Christmas winter songs that you hear every year, somehow My Favorite Things became a Christmas song, and I need to talk about it, because do you agree? Do you disagree? I feel, What's going on there? Yeah, I feel really conflicted about it. I, I think I was shopping the other night and heard it on the speaker in the store, and it made me feel happy. I don't know who was performing <laughs> it, but I was like, oh, that's great, and I feel so buoyed and excited about the holidays. But yeah, it's not... A Christmas song. It's from what is it from the uh, Sound it's of Music? From the Sound of Music. The Sound of Music. Yeah. And I don't think it was positioned as a Christmas song in the movie, was it? No, it's not. Okay. So why do you think it became a Christmas song? So I was thinking about this last week, and there are a few lyrics that are wintry. They talk about doorbells and sleigh bells, and snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into springs, but. Yeah, there's nothing about it that screams Christmas. Brown paper so packages sure. tied up with strings. Like packages? Yeah, that's true. But they're brown. They're brown paper packages? Yeah. So they're like, not even presents. Well, they could be stuff you ordered. Didn't stuff you order used to come in brown paper? Probably. Like through magazines and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. It's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's whiskers on kittens. That's very Christmassy. <laughs> <laughs> and warm woolen mittens is very wintry. Yeah. Well, and there's there's winter songs that aren't specifically tied to a holiday, like Winter Wonderland and Sleigh Ride and even Frosty the Snowman. Those are not specifically about a holiday, but they're about winter. So That's true. Is it just that My Favorite Things has a patina of wintriness on it? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't really... I think of Frosty and Sleigh Ride and all that as Christmas songs, even though they're not actually about Christmas itself. Yeah. They're just about winter. They're just about winter. Susie Snowflake. I like that That's one. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Not to not to pivot to something that we hadn't necessarily planned to talk about, but I want to see if you agree that the worst Christmas song is The Christmas Shoes. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's bleak. It's yeah. sorrowful. It's we'll just leave it there. It's kind of sad on purpose. Like it sets out to make you cry. Yeah, which I don't love. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, there there are a lot of bad Christmas songs. There are. There are. I'm not someone who can listen to all Christmas songs equally. Yes, agreed. Okay, cool. But let's right, so- focus on the ones we like. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. This is supposed to be positive. It is so, supposed to be positive. A couple of my favorite ones, well, favorite albums that I've been listening to. My friend Josie Morlino has a winter album called A Joyful December. It came out in 2017. She's a really talented pianist. 
So they're piano covers of Christmas winter songs, and they're 24. So I think how she came up with it was she was doing a piano video a day for like December 1st through December 24th. And there are a couple of my favorites on there, like Low How a Rose Air Blooming. Bring a Torch, Jeanette Isabella is one of my favorites for some reason. In the Bleak Midwinter. I like a lot of the like sorrowful, <laughs> sad Christmas songs. But I really love this album because there, there are no words. So I can listen to it while I'm writing or doing work. I could just have it on the background. And I really like that. <laughs> Another one that I really like is kind of silly. It's the InSync album, Home for Christmas, <laughs> from 1998. And there are two reasons I love it. One is that my sister and I listened to it all the time when we were kids. <laughs> it, like, wasn't Christmas until we put on this album while we were decorating. And another reason I like it is actually because there aren't a ton of classic songs on there. Mm. They really focus on more original songs, which... I enjoy because, yeah, it takes you a little time to learn them when they're new songs to you, but I just think it's fresher. Like, I don't always get Christmas albums because people are just doing the same songs over and over again. Yeah. So I really like when they put on new new things. And that's the same reason I like Sarah McLaughlin's album called Winter Song from 2006. I think I just picked it up last year, and she does... The more popular ones, like I'll Be Home for Christmas and The First Noel. But she also does some interesting things like The First Noel, she combines with Mary Mary, which I don't even know that song on its own. And What Child Is This? She does a really interesting version of it. And then she's got a couple, I don't know if they're original, but they're songs that I've never really heard before called Winter Song and Song for a Winter's Night. I really like that album because um, it's got a nice mix of old things and new things, and it's very much my energy. It's kind of <laughs> low <laughs> and soft, <laughs> and I really like. I don't know. It feels really wintry. Nice. So, what are what are some of your favorite Christmas songs slash albums? If you want to talk about them, or... well, I think I want to I want to focus on what is my absolute favorite Christmas song. Sure called Christmas Rapping by the Waitresses. Have you heard of this song? Have you heard this I song? have, yeah. Okay. It's becoming more of a little bit of a Christmas music radio staple over the years, but it was kind of obscure when it first came out. It's from 1981, and it's by the band The Waitresses. They were a new wave band from here in Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Ooh. Just some like background. They were the main like the main guitar player and songwriter of the band, Chris Butler, and the vocalist Patty Donahue met while they were students at Kent State University. And this is just a side creepy trivia thing. Chris Butler, this guitarist from The Waitresses, was actually, he witnessed the Kent State shooting when it happened, which is just kind of... Oh, geez. Yeah. It's just a little <clears throat> strange side note. Anyway, but uh, this song, I swear, needs to be adapted into a Hallmark movie because it, the reason I love it is that it tells a complete story. And I love, like, I really like songs that tell a story and especially something that's kind of simple and you can hear it over and over and not get kind of bored of it. And mm -hmm. the main little story of the song is just this girl over the course of the year, she's had a really, really busy year. And she, by the end of the year, she does not want to do Christmas. She's like, "Ugh, I'm tired. I want to like rest. 
<laughs> and then at the end of the song, she's like, oh, but now I'm sad because I didn't do Christmas. And so she goes to like a convenience store and she gets like a little turkey and cranberries and just like a little thing of Christmas for herself. And when she goes to the store all year, she's been talking about how, oh, I ran into this guy and he was really cute and I didn't really get to talk to him and we're both really, really busy. But by the end of the year in the little grocery store, she meets him again and they're they're both there to do their sad single person Christmas. <laughs> and it's just like really cute. And so it just makes me feel happy. And I don't know. So does it become a, a two person Christmas celebration? It does. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> That's cute. I was just going to say that would make a really good Hallmark movie. Right. I totally would. <laughs> Especially because like she talks about all the different holidays and events that they missed each other or they did not get to keep flirting or whatever. And like I think you could make a little movie where it's like different holidays throughout the year until you get to Christmas and, you know, flesh it out with like, oh, her busy job in the publishing industry or whatever. And <laughs> I think you should totally set it in... 1981 because she like even says like she talks about it being 1981 and I just think that would be a cute little retro thing and just I don't know it's just so cute and I really don't know why they have never done it but it's been covered like so many times by different people I think the Spice Girls covered it Kate Nash covered it Save Ferris covered it and they switched it to be about Hanukkah which I think is really great Kylie Minogue covered it I really of the covers I really only know the Spice Girls one very much and it's cute but it's a little less like I don't know it's less precious because I feel like the way they sing it the Patty Donahue as a vocalist was really she had this certain attitude about herself and she kind of talk sang and just her way of like her musical persona is very kind of tired and disinterested and exhausted <laughs> and you can just feel the stress in her voice and then she gets happier toward the end of the song and I just didn't really feel like the Spice Girls carried that subtlety of emotion off very well okay. <laughs> but you know that, that makes it sound like it would resonate really well in 2019 I think so. I think so. <laughs> We're all just tired. We're all just tired. We're all just tired. But I haven't heard the Kate Nash version, and I like Kate Nash a lot, so I think I should check that out, because I could see her doing a good job with that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. But I really also recommend just checking out The Waitresses generally. They only have a couple albums, and they've got a best of compilation that's on Spotify. And sadly, Patty Donahue passed away in uh, 1996, actually. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that's not... That's a while ago. Yeah, it is. She must not have been too old. She was only 40, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But I think she leaves behind a really great, tight catalog of really sharp and poignant and very era-specific music. So, Well, neat. I am definitely going to listen to it more closely the next time I hear it because, <laughs> yeah, it's just like I've definitely heard it and it's been on in the background, but I haven't paid that much attention to the lyrics. It just, like so. I said, it would make a perfect Hallmark movie. And I know you like Hallmark movies. I do. I love them stupidly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can't really identify the exact reason why, except maybe that you always know they're going to end up happily. Mm-hmm. And like Christmas always wins. I, the magic of Christmas. I don't know. But my mom makes fun of me. For, like like I'll come home for Christmas and that's all I want to do is watch Hallmark movies. <laughs> but a couple of my favorites, I'm just going to give you some overviews if that's cool. Yes. So one's called A December Bride from 2016 
and the synopsis is a holiday wedding brings no joy to the bride's cousin who was literally left by the groom right at the altar but she might find her true love there when she gains a fake fiance in the process what (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so that doesn't actually cover a lot of it but she meets this guy at her cousin's wedding and they decide to be fake fiancés or fake girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. And she, like, helps him decorate his house for Christmas for this, like, home Christmas tour. Aww. And it's cute because it combines, like, one of my favorite tropes, which is fake relationships with Christmas. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Yes. And one is called The Nine Lives of Christmas from 2014. And this one stars Brendan Routh, who I adore. <laughs> and Marilee is played by Kimberly Sustad. And uh, this has cats in it. Aww. If you couldn't tell from the title. Yes. The synopsis for this one is, after a stray cat adopts Zachary, he meets Marilee and realizes the single life is not as fulfilling as he thought it was. <laughs> and it's just all about how their cats bring them together. and <laughs> It's cute. So, yeah. <laughs> have you watched a lot? I haven't. We don't have the Hallmark Channel. And, I mean, I watch some of the ones that are not literally Hallmark movies, but Netflix Hallmark mm-hmm ish movies like i saw the first christmas prince movie and it was pretty cute and i saw spirit of christmas which i think is the one where the woman kind of falls in love with a ghost yeah i haven't watched that but i've heard of it yeah and i've seen some others in passing and stuff but yeah i just haven't really delved into that i'm always looking for what's like going to be my good new go-to christmas movie that i want to watch all the time and i don't know that i've really found it ever i agree with that actually it's really hard because the, the Hallmark ones, for me, yeah, a lot of them are the same, but they're still different. Like, they're still different actors and slightly different storylines. So, I mean, it's familiar, but it's still a little bit new. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the problems I have with Christmas movies is we watch the same ones over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really have a favorite... I don't want to say legitimate Christmas movie, but like I like Elf and I like It's a Wonderful Life, but I don't want to watch those all the time, you know? Yeah. But a couple ones I do like, but I still don't watch them all the time. My mom loves Prancer. Have you watched Prancer? I've never seen that. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's from 1989, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's about this little girl. I can't remember where they live, but it's really cold and really snowy. And she finds like a reindeer who's injured and she lures him into their barn with cookies, with Christmas cookies. <laughs> and she like kind of takes care of him and she's convinced that it's Prancer. Aww. Yeah, it's really cute and adorable. But at the same time, yeah, it's not something I want to watch every single year. Yeah. Although my mom likes to watch it every single year. <laughs> Another one that is not strictly Chris- a Christmas movie, but it has a Christmas element is Meet Me in St. Louis from 1944 starring judy garland and it follows this family in st louis from the summer of one year into the spring of the next i believe so there's like a chunk of the movie for each season and they do a christmas chunk and that's where we got have yourself a merry little christmas that was written for that movie and that's one of my favorite christmas songs too yeah so yeah they're cool cool I don't understand how people sit there and watch 24 hours of a Christmas story, though. Well, okay, that one I did used to, like, kind of turn the marathon on and just kind of leave it on when when I did used to have cable. And that one, I feel like I could watch a lot of time, maybe not every single year and not 
for literally 24 hours a day. <laughs> but I like that one because it's it's treacly and sweet and family-like and whatever, but it also has some things that are a little bit subversive and weird and <laughs> slightly surreal and like it gets very strange. And it's nostalgia, but it's like fake nostalgia because it's sort of filtered through multiple layers of memory. And it's kind of based on a semi-true story written by Gene Shepard, who is kind of the fictional version of Ralphie. So it reminds me of like a like an early version of what would later be like a David Sedaris story, you know, so. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of I dig that one. I think that's, that's pretty silly. I don't like very, very sentimental, sappy ones too much. I like yeah, ones with yeah. a little bite. Like also Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is also pretty great. <laughs> I'm not saying that a Christmas story is bad. I'm. I was just. That was more about the 24 hours. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if they even still. I think it was TNT that used to do that. Play it for 24 hours on so. Christmas Day, and it's like, okay, that's. But I think the point of doing that was just you can kind of hop in whenever and hop out again when you're when you feel yeah. like you've seen enough of it, and <laughs> everybody's got a different you know schedule for that day. So why not just have something? It's almost like wallpaper at that point, you know. <laughs> I like to put on the like fireplace for your home on Christmas and just let that play. So yeah, I actually like that too. But you had cool. some TV shows too that were like holiday themed, right? I do. Yeah. So I really like the Great British Baking Show. They have holiday specials. So they had two episodes. They came out on Netflix this year and two that came out last year. And I think they aired the year before in, in Britain, but I'm not quite sure. What they do is they bring back four bakers from previous seasons and they do the regular three challenges, but they're all Christmas and holiday themed, which is really cool. And I know you don't actually watch the Great British Baking Show, but no. but I watch the regular seasons, and I really like it because it's it's nice and and gentle, and it's about baking. Like, how can you make that you know stressful, really? But the holiday ones are even better because well, there is a winner, but no one gets eliminated. Oh. Yeah, so it's really nice because it's just like you bring back four friends and you already know them. So it's really fun. And then Bob's Burgers has a lot of they generally do a Christmas episode every year. And one of my favorites is called The Bleakening, which I might have mentioned a few episodes ago. It's a it's actually a two part episode and they do musical numbers in regular episodes. Mm -hmm. But this one has multiple musical numbers. It's much more like a musical. And the songs are all weird and great. But basically, Teddy tells the kids about this creature called the Bleakin, which feeds off sadness and anger. And he steals your presents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then Linda is convinced that she has to have a holiday party. So she throws a, a little party at the restaurant and she saws off the top of her Christmas tree <laughs> to take it down to the restaurant, which is great. And like the party goes well and everything. But then at the end of the party, she realizes that the little tree has been stolen. <laughs> so the kids are convinced the Bleakin did it. <laughs> and I don't want to get too wrapped up in the plot line, but eventually they end up at like a rave, <laughs> a Christmas rave. <laughs> And it's just it's just very weird and 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 very fun. So awesome. yeah, I really like that episode. Cool. Those are the TV and films that 
I like to watch around Christmas, but what about you? Tell me about some of your favorites. Well, I was going to say, there is actually a Christmas rave movie that I do kind of like. <laughs> and there was a time when I was watching that, not every Christmas, but occasionally. Um, and it's called Go. And it's from like the late 90s. And there's not really a lot of famous people in it. Um, but it's it's a comedy, and it was by the director who later did Mr. and Mrs. Smith. There is a very young Melissa McCarthy in it for half a second. Um, <laughs> but a big part of the plot is these people trying to get to this Christmas rave. So it's kind of... <laughs> but I did recently see a very bizarre Christmas horror movie on Hulu. And it was part of their collection, Into the Dark. Have you watched any of those? I have not. Okay. I'm a little scared. They're they're not that scary for horror movies. They're I would say that if they were out in the theater, they would be more like a PG-13 horror movie. Okay. But I've seen a couple of them, and they're all holiday-themed with different holidays. There's like a Valentine's Day one, and a, I don't think there's an Arbor Day one, but they, they tend to churn them <laughs> out at every, every excuse for a holiday. And their Christmas one this year is called A Nasty Piece of Work, which I love that <laughs> title. It's so like quasi-Christmassy. It's like... Oh, it's, I don't know. I just, I think the title is pretty funny. But um, I randomly watched this on a whim just a few nights ago. It came out only probably just a few days ago. And I had heard about it and thought, well, that sounds kind of funny. But it stars Julian Sands as this eccentric finance guy who um, invites at a holiday party. He announces that there won't be any bonuses at the company. Oh, no. And so there's a couple of guys who you can tell the story is going to follow them. Uh, but one in particular seems really bummed out about this. And But then the boss invites him and this other guy, this other guy who's played by Dustin Milligan from Schitt's Creek, to his house with their wives and his wife to discuss like auditioning for a promotion. Okay. So, but the, it's at this grand estate and... Julian Sands and his wife, who's played by Molly Hagan, and she's like a veteran character actress. They are immediately like sniping at each other and being really weird. And it's very, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? And it's kind of creepy the way they're acting. And the story kind of unfolds from there with the two different guys who are very different in temperament and their two wives who are very different. And this couple who's incredibly dysfunctional. And there's like murder and mayhem. And it just gets very crazy over the course oh of the gosh. evening. Lots of like misdirection. And it reminds me a little bit of Clue, but not quite. So there's like a, a mystery element. There's one point you kind of think, oh, there's someone maybe living in the in the walls of this house. It's <laughs> It just goes off in 12 different directions. And oh, my goodness, I wouldn't say that it's laugh out loud funny, but it's it's funny ish like in a kind of dark way. And it's set at Christmas, but Christmas is not really an element of the film per se, except that this grand house is just beautifully decorated. So you're getting kind of <laughs> vicarious Christmas through it. Um, but it's also so dysfunctional and creepy that it's not really a feel-good family movie, but it is pretty funny and pretty fun. So, um, And it's got like lots of twists and turns. So I probably tend to like things like that a little bit more. But, you know, I think there is definitely a place for cozy Christmas movies. And yeah, I don't know. I'll probably watch the sequel. Maybe not all three of the later sequels to A Christmas Prince, but I might watch at least one of them this <laughs> this season. They are pretty much pumping them out, which is impressive. Yes. Well, a nasty piece of work sounds really interesting. Yeah. It, you said it's probably like PG-13-ish. Yeah, it gets a little like there are some... 
I don't know. It if it's R ish, it's like light R. But there, if you don't like watching people get shot, that might bother you. My thing with horror movies is I don't like gore very much. It's not really that gory now. I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I might give it a shot. Yeah, give it a shot. That's yeah, that's on Hulu in their Into the Dark series. Great, thank you. You're welcome. So next time, and I'm sure we could probably talk about holiday things all day long, honestly. Probably. But we hope that you all have a happy holiday season. And next time, uh, we're going to talk about a pilot together. But we're also going to, it's going to be our New Year's show. So we're going to talk about our top five favorite pop culture things of 2019. Yay. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KWTaylorWriter. And you can find me at Carrie Gessner. And you can email us at PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And you can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs> <laughs>